Hello, and welcome to Presenting, a podcast where we chat about various topics related to role-playing games, typically Paizo products such as Pathfinder and Starfinder, but also others. I'm John Godek, and with me today is John Curtin. Welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here, John. I'm really excited to talk Starfinder. Yeah, I love Starfinder. I'm excited to talk it as well. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, John is a writer and educator living outside of Boston, Massachusetts, who has authored several Starfinder scenarios and sections of Starfinder hardcovers, in addition to the Starfinder Facts blog. He has backgrounds in music, robotics, and the outdoors, and is always looking for new ways to have adventures in the real world and in the realms of make-believe. When he's not reading, writing, or gaming, he can be found enjoying a craft beer or experimenting in the kitchen. You can follow him on his personal account on Twitter, and that's at Curtin underscore writes, or for further Starfinder tomfoolery, look for to him, look for him at Starfinder Facts, so at Starfinder Facts. All right. So, uh, John, I see you're enjoying a beverage there. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> today we have uh, Greylock from Greater Good, place over by Worcester. Oh. Nice. Um, yeah. Their claim to fame is that they are an imperial only um, place. So everything <laughs> is 8% or higher. This yeah. happens to be their 12%er. Wow. So Very good. It's delicious, but just one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were originally scheduled to record this on uh, St. Patty's Day. And mm -hmm. I remember you agreed as long as you could. Uh, have a Guinness while we're doing that. Uh, and I said, oh, well, that's fine. I'll, I'll have one as well. But then we got postponed for, for various reasons. So it's uh, yeah, uh, changed up a little bit there. Well, so obviously I'm out of Guinness now. So this just has to suffice. <laughs> okay. So, John, can you talk to us a little bit about how you got started as a freelance author? Yeah. Um, so my freelance writing kind of segue directly from uh, my experience in organized play. I started a really long time ago, would have been 2006. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So season two showed up with a rogue who was dead before level five. <laughs> um, but and uh, doing uh, organized play traveled with me because this I started right. playing up in Vermont. We and my wife moved for her to go and get like further credentials and a master's degree. So I started playing in New Hampshire and in the, the Boston, Massachusetts, like metro region. And then Starfinder came out and Starfinder like really inspired me. Just the, the setting and the lore and the. <clears throat> the writing was top notch. So it just sort of sparked all of these ideas. Mm -hmm. So I made the Starfinder Facts Twitter to take my own Douglas Adams, Terry Pratchett infused yeah. um, sense of humor and start making up silly facts about like Isoki cuisine. Um, so about a year later, I, because I was so involved in the, like excellent like Boston Metro region lodge mm -hmm. um, and the like New Hampshire um, Vermont lodge. I was like, I, I should go to PaizoCon. I should really go to PaizoCon. It just makes sense. I want to go. So 
while I was there, uh, I made myself a, a little hoodie for Starfinder Facts with a um, bad Photoshop, um, the, the Drift Mallard. It's a duck oh, yeah, yeah. from deep space. And it's like, yeah. you know, CR 22 or something, because I think that's hysterical and was having a blast at PaizoCon with that. But one of the conversations I had was my friend, Natalie Kurtzner, a former guest of the podcast, mm -hmm. um, w was already writing for Paizo. And so introduced me to a couple people that she knew at the company. And I had a conversation with Joe Passini in which I completely put my foot in my mouth and made it seem like I was like too busy, like wouldn't be oh, able to write. Wow. So when I was sitting in the airport on the way back, I messaged Joe going, hey, I, I think I recall the words that came out of my mouth, but <laughs> I would 100% be interested. Like, my job's busy. I'll fit it around. Um, and so he didn't have any work available, but he sent my my name and introduced me to a couple other people and um, got my first back matter assignment to make a starship for mm -hmm. Threefold Conspiracy, book six. Cool. Um, and... From there, I just kept going. Yeah, it's, you know, a lot of folks that I've interviewed, and this is, I think it's now my 76th interview of a Whew. freelancer that I've done. Yeah, I was uh, going through, I've actually done some interviews of, of people that were involved in organized play that weren't freelancers as well on top of that. But mm -hmm. I, I would say the majority of the folks I talked to have met somebody oftentimes at a convention and it just gets to talking and they share their love and they're interested and, and they get their foot in the door. And I actually thought that it was going to be for you, Starfinder facts, that um, somebody had read them and were, was really excited and said, hey, how would you like to make some real facts for us? So that that was a big part of it. Um, OK, like having having the blog, having the, the <laughs> tweets. Um, and I, I was holding myself for a very long period to having like a daily tweet regimen. Right, right. So right. there would need to be a minimum of like a tweet a day. Oftentimes there were many, many more because that's mm -hmm. how Twitter mm -hmm. works. I mean, I think one of the, the big things was the blog showed that they're like, well, this guy's clearly not an absolute idiot. Look, he can make <laughs> a stat block. It's yeah. legible. Right. Um, and so much of that was just me taking an existing stat block and going through line by line going, they bolded here, I need to bold here. So if they italics this, then I need to italics that. And getting meticulous about sort of the style. Um, right. So the Starfinder Facts was definitely sort of my, my pre-interview where they mm -hmm. could look at it and go, oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah, Obviously none of that stuff's publishable, but... <laughs> yeah, having a writing sample though, yeah, for, mm -hmm. for them to see... Uh, do you know who Jessica Catalan is? Yes, I do. Um, yeah. We've been in a couple of project servers together. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm pretty active on Discord within like Paizo communities. So. Right, 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 um, right. And upset I'm interested for more Starfinder Society scenarios. We'll see one day if my name showing up on something yeah. else. So I, I was going to mention this, you know, so she's a developer now doing mm -hmm. the Starfinder S Society scenarios for organized play. She got started with a blog as well. And it's just the developers randomly saw her blog 
Oh and yeah, she was D twenties diet. Yeah, D twenty diaries. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she was just doing reviews of a lot of different things, a, a lot of uh, D twenty games, uh, yeah. and a lot of them D and D. Not even you know uh, Paizo products, and <laughs> they just saw it and connected. So I, I, you know, you can't underestimate the value of putting yourself out there like that in yes. whatever form. I think in the form of of tweets, though, that's this is the first time I've heard that. You know. <laughs> And like the the tweets are primarily trying to pack a joke into 280 right. characters. And if it's not right. a joke, it's at least some like witticism or bon mo, like right. something to go like, huh, and then scroll past because it's kind of an ephemeral art form, right? Right, right, right. Um, the blog was when I was like, I should make some actual rules, like. And so I think I, I don't even remember what the the first couple ones were. There was the uplifted raccoon. Um, mm-hmm. There was a lot of very, again, very bad Photoshop to make like, <laughs> kind of like that's kind of the the overall vibe of the thing is it's yeah. informal. It's um, a space to to goof off while like treating the lore with respect. Um, right. If I'm going to like have Obazaya do something it's going to be like because it's Obazaya wants to smash things not because like I'm going to get a dunk on Obazaya so right neat neat well your background I I find uh, to be kind of interesting you know you did work in robotics you know yeah. and now you're working in education uh, K through 12 right uh K through K through 5 right now K through 5 um, okay mhm yeah little yeah. little little guys uh, wow. Yeah, my I have a very weird resume, John. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a music education major as a college student, um, decided that I really like kids and I loved music and teaching music to kids was maybe a bridge too far. So I started working at my part time job full time, which was at an after school program, um, did that for about four years in in Vermont with my weekly Wednesday night pathfinder society games to keep me sane and then when i moved down to the boston area um with my wife uh, girlfriend at the time um decided that i was gonna try switching careers and so i got into software um and then software sales and wound up just through a freak chance a family friend was an owner in a robotics company and they just needed man hours. They needed like hands on to book things. So I, I joined this company with my title literally being fixer. <laughs> not not of the robots. That was yeah, like a little yeah. past my technical abilities. But scheduling, vendors, uh, mm-hmm. contracts, just sort of take the things that need to get done and get them done. Um, so I had like a two-year stint in a robot factory i did wind up building a robot while i was there just one um (laughs) sold it's as far as i know still off trundling around in canada somewhere what what kind of robots were they making um they're called a holonomic platform so this was more or less like a people who are watching the video can sort of see my (laughs) my hand motions voguing here but um, I want to say it was like two feet by three feet, maybe. It looks kind of like if you turned your Roomba 
into like a slow steel step stool. Mm -hmm. Um, And the entire point was to either have a human load it with stuff and it would take things places or for the advanced roboticist to take off the plates and connect other applications to it. Mm -hmm. So um, by the time I wound up leaving the company, they had people who were integrating like robotic arms that would have their own sets and programming. So their focus was on reactive navigation. So this robot, if you walked in front of it, would stop, Mm -hmm. figure out like how to get around you and then zoop and keep going to its intended path. Oh, so this wasn't like the Boston Robotics dogs and stuff that they're doing, right? No, no, nothing (laughs) like that. This was a little more... um, utilitarian and a little less flashy yeah 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 i see you know i when you talk about that i imagine like a lot of times you see in science fiction movies you know in labs and stuff they have a slow moving robot they just put something on as it's going to the next station right oh you know these all these samples need to be delivered there and and things like that so that's that kind of idea yeah that's more or less exactly the the use case um and they had a couple cool things built in so like um you could call it to certain places with like setting it up. So could say like, I need this robot. I need a robot in the loading dock and you press the button and it would robot would path its way to you. And then you'd say, mm-hmm. great, you're loaded now go to research lab a, and it would path its way there. Right. Right. Well, neat. No, that, that actually sounds really cool. And you actually got to, you got to make one or you had to make one. Um, I got to build one. Because as the non-engineer on the team, yeah. they said, all right, we want to test how effective our instructions are. Oh, so you're right, right. our guinea pig as the neophyte on the team. Got it. Got and it. it. It worked. I built a robot. Nice. Nice. So I imagine that this work in robotics probably influence, has some influence in your writing for Starfinder. If you look at the the tweets, there's definitely a distinct <laughs> robot period in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, yeah. What What about uh, What about your your work with the K through five folks? How's that re- relate to your writing? <laughs> um, in a roundabout way, uh, for sure. I would say that a lot of my GMing first um, mm-hmm. was informed by working with kids because. <laughs> When you have like a room of 65 kids and you need to get their attention, um, you you need to be entertaining. Um, right. So a big part of it is vocal inflection. What do you say? Um, and specifically, like, how do you say things? Because clarity is really important with kids. If they don't know what direction you're giving, it's really hard for them mm-hmm. to follow that direction. Um same could be said of certain players. If you want them to do a certain thing, you need to make sure you say it in a way that they understand what's going on. Um, so I, as a GM, I, I tend towards like big, broad motions and streamlining things to like, what's the special part of this scene of this monster of this NPC? Um, which then when I'm, writing i try to keep that same mindset of Mm -hmm. uh, like what's going to make this scene special like what's going to make players go oh that i remember that 
mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's what always stood out to me as a player. And that's what would make a session really good when I was GMing was finding that special ingredient to making it pop. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm, I might be wrong on this because I'm going yeah. from a couple years ago in memory. 219, was that Return to Sender? Um, Return to Sender was Natalie's on her own. 219 okay. Okay. was Truth Keepers. Oh, Truth Keepers. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. No, because I, I, I remember she had, had written that and I didn't know if it was with you. Because there's a really cool thing in there. I was going to ask you if you were involved yeah. in that. Do you know what's in that? Um, yeah, Return to Sender, I remember. So one of the ways that I got to become friends with Natalie was her yeah. running that scenario and her being oh, like, I'm okay. an author and me being like, that's yeah. super cool. Yeah. Okay. So, so there's a, a, uh, there's a boon that comes with that thing and there's a creature you find in there. Do you remember yes. what that is? Yes, I yeah. do. Uh, I, what, I don't know what you call it. Is it a squid shark or I don't know if it's a squid shark? Or <laughs> um, shark, shark octopus. Yeah. Shark octopus. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, the the uh, surviving specimen boon. Yeah. Which to this day, I've been out of Starfinder Society play, unfortunately, more or less since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that is remains my favorite boon, even as I'm like going through and skimming <laughs> scenarios. I'm like, okay. sorry, yeah. I, I don't know if it beats Sparky, which was yeah. Natalie's name for the canon in her head, the head canon. Yeah. Surviving specimen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was going to ask you about that because it seems like, oh man, if you were dealing with kids, that'd be like a perfect thing to get. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know if you recall in Truth Keepers, um, there is a direct callback to the surviving specimen. Um, I th- think so. Is that the one? So now I'm trying to remember. Is that the one where it's bothering uh, Razadon? Or, no, okay, no, I remember that too. Yeah. That's a great yeah. one. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it's. Uh, I think that was one of the. Um, that's like three seasons ago. How I know you it's that? ages ago. <laughs> no, it, I think it's. I think uh-huh. the the sharktopus was crawling around someone's legs in the scenario where you're meeting all of the first seeker candidates. Oh, uh, maybe so. Maybe. So. maybe. I don't, again, that was like three seasons ago. You know, I'm okay. amazed we remember it at all. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you something else. It's also in one of the interactive specials. Mm. If you, if you have it, if you have it, it something you can one oh, time yes. it could randomly push the right button for you when you're doing. I something. do remember that. <laughs> yeah. So I the Boston Lodge great. is always very yeah. proud whenever Sparky yeah. shows up. Yeah. Um, yeah. In any situation. Yeah, I've met um, a couple of folks, um, like John and his wife. Um, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're great. I haven't yeah. seen them in a little while uh, either. Viddy, that's her Vitty, name. Yeah. Viddy, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it because I, I was seeing them. I was doing the con circuit for a while, and, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing them at multiple cons, and so playing together and doing stuff. Great, kind of great folks. Anyway, let's get back to this. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, you know, you've you've done quite a bit here for Starfinder and, and including your mm-hmm. Starfinder facts. And I know you've probably had some other projects. What advice do you have for people interested in getting involved in freelance writing or even if they just want to start a blog? Yeah. Um, so one thing that I did that was really helpful. I mean, like we already touched on it. Step one, you just got to do it. Yeah. Jump in with your feet. Um, having anything out there 
is better than not having anything out there. And um, if you put stuff out there, like you will gain fans, which is kind of amazing to me, like going on the internet and putting what is essentially my love letter to like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but yeah, slapped yeah, yeah. on a Starfinder paint job. Yeah. Um, like just kept accumulating like more and more follows and people would like, like and start interacting. I'm like, oh, cool. Um, so go out there and do it and you'll never know what sort of feedback that you get. And you try your best and you take your hits and you learn your lessons and it'll just keep getting better. Um, the other big thing that I did just because of the way that my particular meat computer operates is I had a lot of self-inflicted like guidelines or uh, deadlines mm. on myself where for a little while I was tweeting at least one like Starfinder fact a day. It had to be mm. something that I came up with myself. It couldn't be like I'm replying to people. There were no right. like shortcuts there. And I was doing one Starfinder facts blog post a month mm-hmm. um, because if I wasn't holding myself to that, I started other like personal blogs in the past and they just went by the wayside. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was like, if this is something that I'm going to take seriously, I got to like get to it. So I did that for, I I can look at the blog and check, but to my memory, it was about like a year, 11 months worth of like pushing out something every month. And then the pandemic hit and everyone's brains turned to mush. And that was one of the things that I sort of lost during there is it was really hard to be like quirky, funny, creative Mm -hmm. while in this like place of despair. And I was back in person in June of 2020. So, yeah, yeah, we were around the kids 40 hours a week with masks Mm -hmm. on and Mm -hmm. at the grind. So. I wound up sort of mothballing the Starfinder Facts blog as a, an unfortunate casualty. Um, although I kept the Twitter account, I dialed back some. So at this mm-hmm. point, I'm back to tweeting during the weekdays, but I schedule them out like sometimes weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. I'll just sort of build up a stockpile and then a couple of weeks I'll go by and I'll go, oh, time for more nonsense and <laughs> slapdash some some more things that pop into my head as they come. Neat, neat. Yeah. So now that the pandemic is waning, I'm not sure if it is or not. <laughs> uh, what's going on with you? So what kind of cool things yeah. are you uh, working on now? Um, there's a couple of things I can't talk about, um, but Ooh. I have things coming out for um, the Drift Crisis book that's coming out nice. in May. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, super excited to see that one yeah. like out in the wild writing. It mm-hmm. was a lot of fun um, mm-hmm. and I can't talk about what it is yet, but I am hopeful that people will enjoy what I put in there. And I know people are going to enjoy what some of the other authors were putting in. This is mm-hmm. a big event. There's a lot of great ideas kicking around there. Um, so seeing that get released is really exciting. And uh, I can talk. Let me let me confirm before I open my big mouth. <laughs> okay, that's always safe. Now I'm gonna have to go back and and look at what you worked on for Drift Crisis. 
<laughs> yes. Um, and I can say that I worked on Interstellar Species um, oh, coming right. out in October. As of right yes. now, we'll see what the supply chain does. Right, right. Um, right. And Interstellar Species was like the work that I was the most proud of for a little while until one of the projects that I can't talk about. Um, so this one interstellar species is going to expand a lot of these races that only got like two pages in the bestiary right, or right, right. even less. Um, I think some of the, I, I, again, I'm going off the rails. I can't All right. no, speculate that's too much, but that, that's, that'll be exciting. That'll be exciting to see. So it sounds like you've, you kept your hand in, in Starfinder. Have you done any Pathfinder work? Um, I have not done any Pathfinder work. Um, part of that was I was a first edition player and right. I had my yeah. venture captain through organized play and we mm-hmm. put down the whispering tyrant and I went, okay, I have to learn a new rule set. I don't know <laughs> if I have time for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a couple other of the contributors have been kind enough to like let me into some play by post games. So I'm getting my mm-hmm. second edition chops like wetted that way a shout out to randall meyer for his help with that oh yeah 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 Yeah. um and like i am absolutely a huge pathfinder fan i've been actually one thing that i have been doing is i have like my my wife agreed that she would try playing D &D or role-playing games because of Mm -hmm. my interest so we got like a group of friends who were equally interested and i've been they they aren't ready to make the leap to like a piezo system, mm-hmm. but I've been having them play like Pathfinder Society or like piezo adventures that mm-hmm. I like hack the fi- fifth edition rules to. So we did the original Ruby Phoenix tournament this past mm-hmm. summer. Um, I have a group that's doing a bunch of like Pathfinder Society scenarios because I really want them to hate grandmaster torch like i hate grandmaster torch yeah it's important that i share that with people um so i've been like still consuming as much paizo writing as i can because there's so many good creatives that are putting out this awesome content that i'm like even if i don't get to like necessarily play the second edition or the starfinder as much as i would like to I, I can still take this world and this lore and have a blast with it. Oh, hang on. I, I remembered one other cool thing that I have been doing and I totally forgot. Um, so one thing that I recently did was uh, start a Patreon. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, Barely Barely Factual Productions is a mm-hmm. direct spinoff of Starfinder Facts. The facts okay. and the facts. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, and... A we have two whole patrons. We're very happy for that. Nice. Um, and gonna use that to as I am sort of rebuilding a creative process and discipline. Um, something that as a you know musician I used to have, but mm-hmm. as a writer I kind of came to it piecemeal. So mm-hmm. this is a investment in myself and my process. Um, but we're going to be putting forth uh, Starfinder content. I released, this has been two weeks now, so my patrons got their first piece of Starfinder lore uh, from us today. A couple of um, 
automated magical starships for low level situations. Nice. Um, so we are releasing that. So uh, our Patreon is barely factual productions. It is starting out as sort of rebuilding the Starfinder Facts franchise back to its previous strength. So when we mm-hmm. have enough um, subscribers, we'll start putting out monthly blogs again. If anyone is interested in that, or if people really don't want that to happen again, avoid the <laughs> Patreon if at all possible. Okay. I think I, I offended a lot of people's ears when I uh, made the the help D dance. So mm-hmm. we, we may have scared some people off that way. We'll see. <laughs> well, actually, I will have to definitely check that out. I, I was going to ask you about that because I talked to Natalie about it before, but mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. I wouldn't sure the state of it, so I didn't want to. Yeah, barely, so, barely factual yeah. productions had um, uh, some some growing pains. Uh, mm-hmm. Initially, an idea that we were going to be doing like adventure writing and have like other writers involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2020, I don't know what happened. It just sort of fell yeah. off everyone's radar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this this second iteration is again having learned my lessons and taken my licks um, starting this one solo. Uh, yep. We're just going to put out words until the words stop coming. So building our um, way back. Well, I look forward to that again, John. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today, John. Thank you so much for having us on the podcast.